0: Welcome to This Midlife in Bold, a podcast dedicated to women in the middle who want to redefine midlife and uncover what's possible for them in their second act. A bold midlife woman is someone who is 40, 50, 60, even 70 years old and beyond who wants to be unapologetically unafraid to live the life she wants instead of a life she settles for. Each episode is a midlife mindset dose of motivation, encouragement, and inspiring stories of courage from the host and her guest on how to overcome obstacles and fear to create and live a bold midlife without regrets. Lucia has made a bold transformation in her own midlife years, with her health, her career, and more. She is a master midlife mindset coach, CEO of Midlife and in Bold, Inc., and creator of the Midlife Without Regrets Method, a 12-week program designed to help women get unstuck and overcome their fear of change so that they can finally live life on their terms. And now, here's your host, Lucia.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode two of season two. I am excited to share yet another amazing woman in the middle for our interview today. But before I get to the interview, I wanted to share a few thoughts with you. Um, First, if you're not already a member of my Facebook community, Midlife Women Making Change Without Fear go ahead and join. I would love to see you in there. I will post the link to that in the show notes. Second, I'm hosting a free masterclass on October 28th. It's at 5 p.m. Pacific time. All you need to do is sign up. I'll also put a link to that in the show notes. The webinar masterclass is called The Three Secrets to Go from Unstuck to Unstoppable in Midlife that no one is talking about. So I'm gonna be sharing my insights and some tools and strategies on what's really holding you back and what it takes to get unstuck and reinvent yourself in midlife. I'll also be giving away two free bonuses for those of you that show up and attend. So don't wait, spots are limited. Um, so before I get to today's interview, I want to share something with you. So I mentioned my free Facebook group, the community that I run, and it's pretty active. We have, oh, I don't know, 450 members, but you know, it's a busy season and not everybody sees every post. But the other day I posted a, uh, uh, I posted something in the group that said, you meet your 18 year old self and you're allowed to say three words. What do you say? And of all the posts that I have added in that group uh, in the last few months, that post generated a lot of activity. I think there was like 75 some comments. And there were things in there that people said like, don't lose yourself, Um, enjoy the ride, and things like that. But more than... more comments like, don't lose yourself, then enjoy the ride. There was some practical advice like no credit cards, which I can completely agree with. But there was a lot of comments in there that were, um, you know, things like stay in college, uh, you know, think before acting, um, you know, all that type of um, advice. And a lot of it was great advice. And it was very uplifting to read people's comments. But the ones that really got me in the heart were the ones that said things like, you know, um, you know, I should have done this, basically. Um, Do this, you know, um, and then because I followed up with comments on their comments. And it was, you know, some people are living um, at this age with some regret of things that they wish their 18-year-old self would have listened to and done. And so that got me to thinking about this concept of taking a path in life and then sticking with it. Um, As most of you know that have followed me for any length of time, I um, am someone who has changed quite a bit uh, in all aspects of my life, from my career to my health, to my well-being, to my residence, to um, relationships, to my financial status, and... I think that I really started to embrace this notion that nothing is permanent or stuck uh, or I'm stuck when I practice yoga. And that's because one of the teachings of yoga is detachment and to not attach to things, whether the things are good or bad, because everything is fleeting. And so that led me to go back to some of those comments in the group and You know, then I followed up with a post um, just the other day, you know, that nothing is permanent. And I think that's a real common myth that many women in this age range um, live with that it's impossible to change their course, whether that is because they've had so many, uh, you know, attempts at reinventing themselves before and they haven't succeeded or life's just handed them a bunch of lemons. It's just a myth, though, that that you can't change. Um, It's really just your fear keeping you stuck. And I know for me, the way my fear looked, uh, because it was disguised, it looked like keeping myself busy and doing all the things that I, you know, was expected to do. And that really just got me into a place that was not authentically me. And so once I got there, I didn't know how to get unstuck and I think that's a big problem. I think that there are a lot of women living in the middle, sort of riding out the rest of their years, and I can't think of anything worse um, than to not be going after what it is that your heart desires. And listen, there's a lot of people out there who don't even know what their heart desires because they haven't stopped to listen to their own needs in decades. Um, And so while it is not easy to change um, in the middle of life, whether you're 50, 55, 60, I get that there's a lot at stake. I get that there may be a lot to lose. Um, But I, I ask you this question. What's worse? The pain of staying the same and living the same life and existence over and over and over that is unfulfilling, makes you miserable, and you're unhappy Or the pain of working towards change. That would give you a life that is, it feels more, you know, authentically you. That maybe is, you know, not maybe, that is exciting. Um, You know, there's a lot of years left to live. And so there's a cost to staying stuck. Um, So while there's, I get that there's fear and uncertainty. uh, What you're doing right now, if you're someone that is in Uh, A situation where you feel stuck, there's a cost to that too. So, you know, there's just, for me, the cost was far greater to stay stuck uh, specifically in my career than it was for me to figure out how to make those changes. I said no to myself for so long. And when I finally decided to say yes, it's kind of like a snowball effect. You just can't stop. Um, And I feel like I'm just getting started. So, I would ask yourself the question, what is it that makes me feel so stuck? Is it finances? Is it, you know, my spouse, my partner? Is it my job? Is it where I live? Is it I just don't have the confidence or the, uh, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe you don't have the skills, right? So then ask yourself, what's one small, one small imperfect action that will get you closer to getting unstuck and living a life that feels more aligned with your soul's purpose? And again, if you don't know what that is, then it's important that you take the time to figure that out. Um, so, like I mentioned at the start of this podcast, I am going to be holding that free masterclass on Wednesday, October 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. I'm going to be talking about a lot of these things. So, I would love it if you could join. Um, it's free. All you need is a tablet, a phone, a computer, desktop, something that you can click on the link and watch, and uh, I think you'll find a lot of benefit from it. If only for, um, I mean, I think I have a lot of great information I'm sharing for sure, but if only for, you know, the community, right? Because I think sometimes it's hard to uh, do this alone, and uh, I don't ever want you to feel that way, so I would love it if you could join me on the free masterclass, but But yeah, give yourself that time and that space to to really stop, pause this podcast if you want right now and say, what's the one thing that I feel really stuck about? I'm sure you know what it is. And then what's one small thing you can do to work towards getting unstuck? Because I have to tell you, nothing's going to change if you don't work towards it. And you could continue to wish and daydream and hope and continue to stay stuck in your story that it, you don't have the money to change or you don't have the support or you don't have the skills but you can do something about all of those trust me i've used every excuse in the book for a good 10 years of my life to not make any change to stay stuck and and here's the thing about staying stuck you don't even just stay stuck you actually move backwards and i know that's hard to like visualize or understand But the more and more you begin to live in a situation, a life, a pattern, a mindset, a behavior that you just can't stand, that is not, you know, something that you're enjoying, it affects you mentally, physically, financially, spiritually. It affects other areas of your life, a relationship. So it's not just staying stuck in the immediate sense that like, oh, you dread going to your job. It's affecting other parts of your life. I'm betting because it affected me. And so, you know, what is it that you have to do to step out of the current pattern and behavior you're in and step into the life you want? You know, because here's the thing, you're making it harder on yourself than it needs to be. So what mindset, habits, behaviors do you need to get out of your own way? Because you can't have both. You can't wish and daydream for things and then in the other breath say, well, it'll never happen because that's not how energy in the universe works. Uh, it, it All of what you want is there for the taking, but you can't block it from um, happening. So That is my word. Those are my words of inspiration and motivation today before we uh, get to today's podcast. If you have any questions um, on the masterclass, feel free to shoot me an email or find me on social. So now let me transition into introducing today's podcast guest, Angela Carter. Angela is a nutrition junkie, a wellness lover, and an eternal student. She currently teaches yoga at her studio in phoenix arizona called nourish yoga and she and i met because i took a class at her studio Um, Nourish is a play on the word nourish, so her studio is spelled N-R-Y-S-H, and she started it as a holistic nutrition coaching company about four years ago. It's grown to include the yoga space that is ever-expanding. She most recently added yoga therapy training to better support her clients, and what better timing than 2020 to add that. Uh, Angela's certification for yoga therapy will be done this coming March, but she's already found so many uh, more additional benefits that she's been incorporating it into her practice. At Nourish, she incorporates the physical, mental, and nutritional aspects in each customized plan that she brings to clients, and that helps them increase their overall energy, find clarity and balance, and those are great tools to have to live a uh, any life, much uh, less a life in 2020. Angela's studio is very unique. I will put a link to her studio in the show notes. It is part yoga studio, part art gallery. It is completely unique, the most uh, different, amazing space I've ever practiced in. So when the world gets back to normal and you can make it to downtown Phoenix, I highly suggest you drop in to Nourish Yoga and visit Angela. And now, here is our interview. Hello, welcome to the show today. I'm so pleased to have with us on the podcast, Angela Carter, who is coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm going to let Angela go ahead and take it over by just giving us a little bit of information about herself and who she is.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Lucia. I have been in Phoenix about two and a half years. Um, I came here from San Diego, beautiful San Diego. I'm very jealous that you're back there. But I kind of have a history of moving around. I grew up in uh, Missoula, Montana, spent my first 18 years there. And then I just sort of either moved around on my own will or found jobs that would move me around. Um, I spent 15 years in the corporate world with one company and I absolutely adored them. But as we know, everything always changes. And it was just time to go it was a wellness related company so it kind of directed me on a path and i before i left i went and i got a um, nutrition certification from the institute of integrative nutrition which also comes with health coaching so that's kind of where my journey out of the corporate world began um along with that, I started doing the nutrition coaching. I was doing a lot of um, workshops, which I really enjoyed more so than the one-on-one, just because you get all the different dynamics from so many people. Yes, yes. And it led me into, I was trying to get a little healthier myself other than just diet, and yoga was always something that I was into. I actually did two other teacher trainings and never finished them, starting in 2000. I did one in 2008, and then I finally, once I finished with my corporate big kid job. I went to Thailand and did a month intensive and finally got the yoga teacher oh, certification.
1: I don't think I knew that. Uh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. What a what an exotic place to do your certification. I could see why that was motivation to finish.
2: Oh my gosh. It was because you have nowhere to go. I honestly, it was so intense. It was much more than I thought I was getting into. It was a lot yeah. more jungle than I thought I was getting into, but also, just you you can never be prepared. You know how cracked open those trainings make you.
1: Absolutely. And you're
2: stuck there on this island with 28 other people that are like, where are we? What are we doing?
1: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you, Angela. There's so much to unpack there, even in just this short introduction. And as I shared with listeners in the introduction, Angela is the owner of Nourish Yoga in Phoenix, Arizona. And as uh, listeners may or may not know, if you've been with me for some time, even though I'm a lifelong Chicago, and I had a short 10-month stay In lovely Phoenix and Angela was one of the wonderful women that I was able to meet um, as a student of her yoga studio so when I was thinking about women in the middle who are doing great things and may have had a few challenges this year uh, that could be guests for the podcast Angela certainly came to mind Um, so Angela uh, tell us a little bit about we'll go backwards to your corporate job in a little while but tell the listeners a little bit about your yoga studio because it's pretty unique compared to what I would say um, a lot of the studios look like that I have been to anyway. So share with us a little bit about what makes you unique and how you found that space, how you kind of came to be as a studio owner in Phoenix.
2: It was complete accident. So we live in this big uh, apartment complex downtown, very industrial. and we were just in a little one bedroom and the, the opposite side of the building from us is a bunch of work live lofts. There's a tattoo shop, there's an acupuncturist, a photography, and then a, hair, a hair, the hair salon, which they're all amazing, really eclectic little boutique style shops. And then there was one big space that happened to just open up about a year after we moved into this place, and I was teaching at two other studios. My husband's an artist on the side, and he was kind of looking for gallery space. And the property management was like, would you guys be interested? Because we had said one day, just in passing, how cool this space would be as a yoga and art studio. So it all worked out, just this random thing. We literally had two weeks to decide. So we moved on over. So we actually live above this space, which makes it very easy and convenient to, you know, to open a space. You never know how busy your classes are going to be. Which a whole different ballgame when all you're doing is walking down to the to the unit Absolutely. as opposed to driving across town. I, I, at one point, I was driving 45 minutes to a new studio, and then no one would show up. So yeah. it's like, okay, this is the complete business model where my husband can showcase his art, and we can try to build a studio from the ground up. So.
1: Absolutely. That is
2: how we came into this space.
1: Yeah, I love how you said by accident, although I did hear you say that in uh, some thought, some realm, the universe heard that this was your vision. And so, you know, I love that phrase, the universe will make, uh, make your dreams happen. It'll conspire to make everything happen for you if you just, you know, let your dreams and vision be known. So for those of you, if you ever are visiting Phoenix, once we get back to some sort of semblance of um, normal travel, I hate using that word normal, but Um, I encourage you to visit Nourish because it is the most unique and eclectic space that I've ever practiced yoga in. And it's hard to not be inspired when there's beautiful artwork um, and all around you. And not only is Angela's husband an artist, but there uh, used to be something in Phoenix. I'm not sure if there is anymore, but it was called First Fridays in the art district. So she would also feature other artists. So one of the things that I love specifically about your space was the inspiration it would bring because of the different artists' uh, work. But also, I think as a small business owner, a solopreneur, if you will, and, and you and your husband obviously are independent, um, it's so nice to find that supportive community of other people supporting you, whether it's displaying your artwork, passing along the information about you know, your studio to another, another you know, person you meet. And that's how I found out about you. I met a, a woman at a meetup in Phoenix, and she said, hey, you know, there's this cute little yoga studio in downtown Phoenix. And I was like, where? And how, how do I not know about it? So I love that there's that support. And I know in Phoenix, there's quite a bit of support um, in that community for one another.
2: Yes, it's yeah. been pretty amazing. And that is that is what, one of the basis for the growth of the yoga studio was actually the first Fridays is what you're talking about. which yes. Of course, those are on hold because it yeah. brings so many people together. and Right. We can't do that right now, but we would uh, swap out the art every first Friday. We would showcase a new artist, so it, you know it helped grow community. It helped grow the actual yoga studio. It yeah. helped just connections all around.
1: You did we serve, even had you did serve oh, some serve. wine, so I'm gonna say that yeah. I I also liked that.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. Little wine, little beer yeah. here and there. Yeah,
1: but we would also
2: bring in. And uh, one time we had a local yoga company that they carry clothes, so we did a big trunk show out of here. We brought in a couple different jewelry designers, so it's a good way to boost other small businesses too when yes. you've got the space to help yeah. everybody grow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about your journey from corporate to uh, being on your own. You mentioned that you were with this company for 15 years, and like everything, it came to an end. What was that like? You know, what at what stage of your life did that happen, and how did that transition end? Was it your choice? Was it, you know, accident <laughs> what happened there? Share with us. So it was, um, I
2: was over 40 when it happened. And it was, I just, I had transferred from Colorado to the San Diego market and the markets were just so different. The business model started to change. My job completely changed from what I had started at. And Nothing against the company, great company, but it wasn't what I wanted to do anymore. And it was about a two year exit plan on my part. Okay. And I had an amazing director at the time. And I finally just let him know that I had enough. And I was like, what is going to be the best for the company for you? I didn't want to you know, create any drama, anything like that for my exit plan. So we put in place that I would work it through holiday, you know, and any kind of sales holiday is usually a pretty big deal. So I worked through holiday and I finished up in um, January and it was pretty smooth sailing with the company. I mean, good, we left on good terms. And I had already started the nutrition stuff, so I knew I was going that way. But again, you know, small business, building that small business, it was like, I need more. And unfortunately, I'm one of those people that wants more certifications, more this, more yes. that. And Really what you need to do instead of getting certifications is just go for it. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I I know, that's the number yeah. one rule of my business coach, Lucia, she goes, 70% done is good. Just put it out there. Like You're just distracting <laughs> distract yourself because you're afraid of putting yourself out there. And I was like, how dare she, but she's right. (laughs) (laughs) So right. And I
2: still do it to this day. I'm like, I just, during COVID or right before we opened the studio, I had started getting my master's in um, psychology and I kind of want to go the way of nutritional psychology. So holistic wellness, all that. Well, then when we opened the studio, I was like, I can't do both right now. So I put that on hold. Well, when COVID started again, it was like, okay, I have it, I didn't think it was going to be this long, but we were closed for six months. Yeah. So luckily, yeah, right away, I started back then. on that.
1: Yeah, I know Phoenix. Yeah. You closed, and then you reopened, and then closed again. So, uh, as a neighboring, uh, as a neighbor in California, I've been experiencing that too. So I, I you know, I understand that. Um, yeah. So you said your two-year exit plan was it something that you like formally said, like two years from now I want to exit, and then as it got closer, you sort of made a plan, like what did that really look like? Cause I'll tell you a lot of the women in my community and that I coach, that's their big um, stuck point in midlife. They've been in a career for so long, they're in their forties, maybe even fifties. And they can, you know, I I hear the words a lot, I can't. And I know from someone who's left everything behind and started over more than once, and you clearly have as well, that um, it's easy to stay stuck. Um, because it's easy to get sucked into the busyness of life, but also the the voices, the fear the um you know the negative thoughts that say, "Well, what else would you do? you can't do this it's too hard so when you say exit strategy or exit plan, i'm just curious if that looked formal in any way or was it just you know a thought you had
2: At first, it was just a thought that I had because I am horrible at quitting jobs i don't know a lot of it you know is probably that. Subliminal security that you have in it, but a lot of it is I have some sort of guilt and obligation towards things that I, you know, I'm passionate about it. And right. it's a long time to spend 15 years with the company. And it was a company that I started working for because I loved them, I loved what they stood for, their mission, environmental wellness, and just taking into account the whole holistic thing. So it started like I have to be done, and then it was like, okay, like it's like that I started, um, what is the word rejecting what they wanted me to do? Like it made me angry, the path that they were going. And it was like, okay, now I need to seriously set up a formal plan to get out of here. Yeah. And yeah. the only reason I say it was formal is because I really wanted to make sure that I had talked to my director and my coworkers about everything yeah. and not just leave everyone hanging.
1: Absolutely. It sounds like you were triggered. And sometimes yes. I think triggers appear in our lives for a reason. Um, I had the same trigger as well, and I, I you know, I left an educational background, and no way would I have, you know, deserted um, my staff and my, you know, my students and families and coworkers in a way that felt bad, right? That felt icky. Um, so giving them, you know, plenty of time to know that this would be the end for me to, you know, to do the the right work on finding that replacement. So I understand what you're saying, but I also think that that's what separates women a lot is the guilt. And the feeling is, uh, you know, there's a lot of guilt and uh, shame around not doing the right thing. And and we're just doers and we're constantly putting others' needs before ours. So um, it's interesting to hear you say the words that so many of my clients often utter when I have sessions with them or I'm just getting on clarity calls with them because it's really hard to get over that. And to make that plan, it takes a lot of guts. So the day that you, you decided to leave, you know, did you immediately have a plan uh, or did you just like look around and say, okay, Angela, wh- what now? <laughs> I looked around and said, what now? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, Yep. I actually, when I left, I um, took a trip, I went and saw good friends. Um, I went like all the way to the Midwest and up to the North and back down and took a little solo time, took some girl time. Yeah. And, um, my mother was very ill at that time, which is how we ended up back in Phoenix. Um, but I kept coming back and forth to Phoenix, and ultimately, I had originally signed up to do a yoga teacher training in Bali. And with my mom ill, I had to cancel it. And I think that that happened for a reason because I and it was the same company. They were like, "Hey, if, you know, if you want to take it in Thailand," a couple months later, everything had smoothed over, and I. Think Thailand is what actually set the path for what I was doing because after the Thailand trip, I did go to Bali. I did the um, ashrams and did the study in the ashrams instead, Beautiful. where you're doing completely different kind of yoga. Yeah. So that would have never happened if the original plan had followed. You know, had gone through. Yeah. We so often again, make those just...
1: plans, but the universe says, um, "I've got some news for you." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And I love that, um, you know, I love that transformation, you know, doesn't follow a linear path because I think so many people think that you have to have all the answers in order to make a move. And like you, the day after I drove out of the parking lot of the high school I was working at in the suburban Chicago area, I went to the Nordstrom Spa. I, I probably spent about $300 I didn't have probably at the time. I had lunch in the middle of the day on my balcony. You know, I was like, you know, the lady of leisure. But um, yep. And I had a loose plan and it didn't go well financially for me the first time around. <laughs> but, you know, you live and learn and, and, and you know, and that's, that's the path that transformation takes. So I think so many women stay stuck and afraid because they're worried. But I will tell you, like, this is a perfect example. I was in Phoenix for 10 months. I knew at some point I wanted to live in San Diego. In fact, today, the day we're recording this, is the day that I drove back to Phoenix after signing my lease here. So it's been a year since I actually put my name on a lease agreement. And but I, didn't really, yeah, I didn't really know, you know, Phoenix, everyone's like, oh, did you not like Phoenix? I'm like, Phoenix was good. Like, I didn't have anything bad about it, but I was doing my own healing. And I knew that eventually San Diego was where I wanted to live. And I tell people whether this is a year, five years, 10 years, I could see myself wintering in Phoenix being one of those snowbirds and having my place in Chicago. It was lovely. But had I never driven out of that parking lot on June 30th, several years ago, I would have never met you, right? I would have yeah. never seen beautiful Phoenix and, you know, Flagstaff and, and toured the country. I've driven back and forth to Chicago now three times in 18 months. And while I don't welcome that drive on anybody, um, <laughs> It's a great experience to see the country by car. And so there's a lot of things, and those are just a few examples that I think, like much like your journey, you know, going to Thailand and then Bali and opening up the studio. It's like, you know, had you stayed in your corporate job and sort of continued to resent or find anger in the work you were doing, because listen, many people do that. Many people do that, especially women in this age range. Um, You wouldn't have all the experiences and people that you've met, right?
2: A hundred percent. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the that, biggest thing, like you, know, you mentioned, the the finances, that's the biggest thing I think for a lot of us. And it is scary because, you know, we are used to, I mean, corporate security is huge. You right. know, most of the time in corporate, you've got a 401k plan, you've got health insurance, you've got, how are you going to come into creating all that for yourself? And the biggest thing that I've found is you just have to trust the money's fluid. Like it's going to come, it's going to go. And when you don't have it, as long as you trust it's there. Like I was just telling you after COVID, I went back and waiting tables again on the side just because I can, I have the ability to, and for anybody that's ever been in the service industry, you know, it's a quick instant. It can help whatever you need to put on the table. It can, you know, give you that, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to drown. I'm not going to dig into the savings. It's a quick little thing. Whatever you got to do on the side, as long as you find passion in everything else too. Oh my God. And I've learned to, to find some quick passion in the restaurant industry. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And for I'm t- me,
2: I'm like, I'm not the greatest server in the world. It's stressful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know that I'd be good at that. I'm a total clutch. Oh gosh. No, I am a certified yoga teacher. I'm not the most graceful person. And I'm tearing up a little bit because I'm reading a book right now, or let's see, it's the audio book called The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease, who's a comedian, by the way. So it's funny to listen to. But um, I want to touch on this statement, you said money is fluid and finances are the biggest stuck point. Because again, when I meet women and interview them, you know, have a clarity call, they join my community, I have them answer questions on what their biggest challenge is, and it's stuck. And health insurance is one of them, you know, the the money that they're, you know, earning from their jobs. But COVID has taught us that there is no security. And this was there's a chapter in the book called The Illusion of Safety. And Um, absolutely. I went from a six figure salary to teaching a class at $30, like pre-tax. And it was about two hours by the time you got there and left. And so, you know, we're talking $15 an hour pre-tax, right? For someone who made six figures and I yet, yet never once faced eviction. I never once, you know, had, um, my car repossessed you know i had um, a doctor i had been seeing for 10 years at northwestern and she would always you know work with me on any visits i needed right and so it's interesting because i think there's and we this would be a whole podcast topic so i probably can't get into it too much but there's that <laughs> that that, that, my, that mindset that scarcity and that abundance mindset and another book i read is jen sincero's um you're a badass at making money and just that concept that money is energy and it comes to you, and it leaves, and it comes, and it's always there when you need it. And even the smallest little thing. So I want I won a free bottle of wine at the winer at a local winery here the other day, and then something else happened. It was like you know two small things that maybe uh, somebody sent me a five dollar gift card to tar- to Starbucks, and so while the value of those two items maybe was twenty five bucks total, thirty let's say we don't often see that as like the universe saying, Hey, there's abundance in your life, Lucia. Yes. And now, The realists out there might be saying, well, bullshit. It's not going to pay my rent, right? It's not going to pay my car, but it's still abundance. And the more you yep. accept it. And so then what did I do? I went to target yesterday and I bought three cards and I plan to mail them. Someone I know bought an, you know, got a new house in Portland. Another person, you know, has been ill. And I'm just going to put little cards in there, you know? And so it's yep. this energy exchange. And so, for so many women, they stay stuck and there are sacrifices, right? Let's be real. Like I got my hair done twice a year, no nails, you know, same clothes. Like I, you know, I had to make some financial sacrifices, but I was so much happier. Would you say that was, you know, that that's, that's
2: hysterical that you say that because I was in the, the beauty industry. So okay.
1: nails twice a month, hair once a
2: month. <laughs> like that, yeah. I mean, I went almost, I would say eight months without getting my hair done when I first you know, quit that industry. Part of it was because, ooh, I don't have to anymore. (laughs) I don't have to look a specific way. But also, you know, you you become savvy and you think about what's important to you. And my hair, getting my hair done and my nails done wasn't as important anymore. And you just figure out what is it.
0: yeah, absolutely. That
2: you like you said, with the Starbucks and the wine, those are little things that make us feel good. You know, depending if <laughs> coffee or wine or your thing. Right. 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 Totally. But yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love that because I, I'm glad that you said that because, um, you know, I we don't script these podcasts. We're just having a conversation here, and I think um, the the number one thing, besides leaving the career, getting over that fear. Let's say women have built up the courage to leave the career. Then they're like, what do I do for finances and insurance and all that? And there is a way, and it's just like you said, you have to evaluate your priorities. For me personally, I know had I stayed 15 more years in that trajectory that I was going, I was overweight, overstressed, in debt because I was using credit cards and shopping to make me happy because the job wasn't right. And so it's all, it's all a matter of weighing priorities. As uh, my best friend says, when she was raising her daughter, choices and consequences, every choice has a consequence. Um, I love that. And and I think it's the same, it's the same thing with us. Um, So let's talk now about 2020. You're a yoga studio (laughs) owner. You've already told the the listeners that you're waiting tables and, and doing that. Tell me the emotion, the, you know, the stress, the strain, maybe some upside even, you know, let, let's talk about 2020, what it's like to be an, a, a studio owner in Arizona in this world.
2: Well, the biggest thing for us is space. You know, we're very small. We're less than a thousand square feet for people that you had, you gave a little bit of yeah. what we look like Well, you walk in and you're in the studio yeah so there's no there's no big amenities but now we've got our our six people limit so that's a little bit hard yeah and we've also gone down we used to do over 40 classes a week and right now we're probably right at about 20 which i think is how we'll keep it because there's only two of us teaching here now um before we were up to seven teachers we offered a variety of styles of yoga we offered some hit classes all of that so we're just kind of downsizing getting back to basics i am getting my um masters, but I'm also getting my yoga therapy certification. So what this has also done for me is reel it back in to working more one-on-one with clients. So getting back into coaching, do using the studio space as a yoga therapy um, space instead. So I'll have people come in and we'll work on everything from the inside out, as opposed to just doing the big classes, because you know we can't do the big classes anymore. So you know, the universe threw me back. I enjoy the one-on-ones, but I didn't realize that. I wasn't promoting that. It was like, okay, we have this big space. Let's do it. Let's make these, you know, big classes, create community and all of that. Well, here we are. We're back. And it kind of led me on a new path. So it's, there's always a blessing in disguise, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I would say, you know, you've pivoted quite nicely and I can't imagine what it was like, especially since you live above the studio to go down there or see the lights dark and not have the the beautiful souls on the mat that you were leading through class and other teachers. So, you know, kudos to you for surviving and thriving, really, because you are serving a purpose and putting yourself out there for people that need you in a way that maybe they didn't even know they needed you before, right? I think this time has really broken people open from the inside out, especially those early days when you had nothing aside, of course, from the first frontline workers and people who, of course, were out there every day you know, doing the things that a lot of us didn't need to do. I was at home doing remote school and remote coaching. So for me, you know, I had a lot of downtime. It sounds like you're serving a niche of people that really need you, Angela. So that's great.
2: Yes, we're working on it. We did try to do the live stream stuff. We're still doing some live stream, but yeah. oh my gosh, kudos to everybody that does this online because the number of meltdowns, technology stuff that we had yeah. from April until just trying to set yeah. it up. It was, yeah. I'm like, well, how do people do this? I know. Well, so it's, you
1: know, a lot of women in my community, we're, we weren't born in the tech era, right? We're, we're not natives, we're inhabitants and we're learning as we go. You know, even this podcast, I love like, you know i I wanted a new introduction done this year and a new artwork and it's like i need help with that you know i I have a vision but i can't always execute on it and and that's okay because i'm good at a lot of things i don't have to be good at everything right Um, (laughs) so let's talk about um you know this podcast is serves as an inspiration and motivation to women um i call them in the middle midlife women who maybe stuck, maybe looking to others as, um, you know, my business coach always says, you don't model what you can't see. And I think for so long, I didn't see, I saw a lot of women settling. I saw a lot of unhappy marriages, unhappy, you know, uh, whatever, uh, co-workers, you know, people, uh, women who just, you know, for whatever reason, uh, by choice or circumstance, then found themselves kind of at a crossroads and still didn't know where to go. And so continue to kind of live that autopilot life. So, What's the biggest lesson you've learned from yourself about your change and your continued transformation?
2: I mean, really just keeping it positive, like trying to find the goodness in everything, that gratitude. I know it's, everybody talks about it all the time, but I think it's the truest thing is try to find gratitude in everything. Yeah. You know, just looking into myself and instead of being like cranky about everything that's going on, I'm not going to lie. I went through depression and anxiety and was like, what is wrong with me? Like even to the point, and it could be, maybe I'm in perimenopause, but it was like, or is it just that underlying stress because everything is so crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot more of us had that feeling in COVID than, you know, let on or really realized we were just like, what's, you know, this uns." uns settledness yeah so trying to dig deep and figure out what you have to be grateful for
1: yeah i'm glad you said that because there's a lot of also on the other side of that the toxic positivity there's a, a group of people out there that said you know you don't have to keep it positive you can be depressed oh. you can be angry you can be sad and so i think what i'm hearing from you is keeping it positive through gratitude it's not yeah. not acknowledging not not acknowledging what's wrong because you're you're telling our listeners that you struggled as well but going back to the oh, basics and finding that gratitude yeah, yeah.
2: You got to be real with it. You got to talk about it. But at the end of the day, you can't dwell on it. I mean, we all have to let it out, you know, otherwise the issues get stuck in our tissues, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Such great uh, lines in this podcast. The money is moved and the issues are stuck in our tissues. I love that. So what role has yoga played a part in your healing, Angela? Not only this year, but, you know, in your transformation?
2: i think you know and when we say yoga so many of us just go straight to asana straight to the posture straight to moving the body which is huge but i think yoga is so much more than that and taking into consideration the ashtanga the eight limbs it's been everything you know i mean even back in the 2000 when i first took my first started my first teacher training i learned about that and it's something that i've taken with me and it just every day, every year, it resonated a little bit more. And it was, I mean, it is, you just have to look back and like, okay, what can I learn from this? There's always a lesson. There's always time to stop and breathe and figure out, you know, whether it's to stop and breathe and cry and scream or stop and breathe and be like, okay, let's redirect.
1: Yeah. No, I love that. I just did a Facebook live in my community a few weeks ago. And I said, you know, the way to get to um, you know, getting unstuck is finding the lesson. What is this here to teach me? You know, and we've had one big giant lesson this year. So, oh boy, have we. <laughs> yeah. um, so in terms of you finding inspiration, motivation, where do you turn? What is, what are some of your go-tos? I heard you say gratitude. Do you have any, anything else that you do to keep yourself motivated or inspired?
2: Um, I am a huge audible
1: person so anytime I'm
2: like cleaning the house or walking the dog or if I can listen to a book I am all about the inspirational books the motivational the success building books and every now and again you just need a good novel to sink into and just listen and be mindless so books are huge for me reading is huge Um, the other thing for me is I've gotten big into yoga nidra. I don't know if anybody's done yoga nidra, but it can be life changing. I've been an in insomniac my entire life. So I was introduced to it as a means to help me relax to go to sleep. But what I've found, especially with the chaotic schedule now, like getting back into the restaurant industry and still teaching really early morning classes, taking a few, like I usually try to do a 20 to 30 minute nidra in the middle of the day, or if I, anytime that I have that little chunk just relax you can find them online you know if you're a really good and yoga nidra teacher you can sometimes put yourself through them but i like to listen to you've got all the different apps youtube has awesome things that you can just google just anything that gives you the time to just sit and then of course our own yoga my own yoga practice like moving your body is essential
1: well there's a lot of uh women in my community who are sleep deprived because of the hormones and things like that. So I'll definitely uh, link Angela's information in the show notes. So listeners, you can always reach out to Angela for some yoga nidra resources or- We (laughs) do
2: every Sunday, we do have a live stream yoga nidra There you go, Always Come on.
1: (laughs) Very cool, very cool. So Angela, you mentioned that you're going back to school again for your master's. What other, um, I know it's, it's hard to future pace right now, but what other hopes, big hopes and dreams do you have? You mentioned you're in your 40s. So take take yourself ten years from now, five years from now, and not any de- anything detailed necessarily. But where do you hope to be? What what kind of impact do you hope to be having and in, uh, in in the world?
2: Ultimately, my big big goal is to be a holistic psychologist, but with like the retreat style.
1: Yeah. So yeah. you know we have
2: all of our wellness retreats, all of that. I would like to take it just even a step further so it's actually like working into clinical
1: like I love that yeah that's yes, uh, that's something well, that you see often or at all right right now yeah or at all uh, yeah right <laughs> and I don't know how that works because once you get into
2: the actual like psychologist you're registered and all of that I don't know how it works overseas if we were to go on retreats we'll get yeah. there when we need to
1: <laughs> yeah exactly awesome I love that vision um <laughs> Well, a couple last questions here. You know that my brand stands for uh, Brave, Optimistic, Limitless, and Decisive. So Midlife and Bold. It's my business company. It's my brand. It's what I stand by. It's what my uh, women that I coach, I want to inspire to be bold. So if you had to pick one of those, Brave, Optimistic, Limitless, or Decisive, which one would you most associate with?
2: oh my gosh i love them all so much but i would have to say optimistic you know i i want to keep it real but i think you have to have that optimism as somebody that has a tendency to go to the negative the you know we are in my yoga therapy training they talk a lot about how we're the only animal that has that frontal lobe we have the ability to redirect our thoughts and we really need to take advantage of that and when you feel the mind it's human nature with evolution of millions of years are, are our instinct is to go negative, to run, to protect ourselves. So really to realize that yes, that's okay that we have that, but let's redirect and try to focus on the positive. So Absolutely. optimistic would be yeah. definitely. I love,
1: I love what you said that about that, because I think sometimes we forget we are a pretty unique species in that way, right? <laughs> right. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, Angela, sometimes is there, it's hard to do, but yeah, oh, especially this year. I mean, you know, right. I, you know, I like to keep it real too. And I have had a lot of moments where I'm about to pack up the car and drive home and live in someone's basement in Chicago and endure some more cold winters to, you know, everything in between from that to, you know, just all kinds of negative thoughts about, you know, survival and, you know, what, what kind of things am I doing that, uh, you know, what, how what I get myself into basically, you know, you are moving to San Diego, (laughs) your dreams. damn you, there's 2020, you know, right behind you to tell you no. And then I think to myself, okay, this isn't about you, Lucia, there's a lot of suffering in the world. You live a pretty good life, like calm yourself down, but it takes practice, right? It's a learned skill is what I tell people. I teach women how to be optimistic, and they often find it funny when I say that, that's part of my Twelve week program. They're like, how do you teach someone to be optimistic? I'm like, there is a learned skill, and and it can be it can be taught. So, right,
2: um, we have to learn to choose happiness, whatever that
1: means for us. Exactly, exactly. So, Angela, before we end our show, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners? Anything else in terms of your background or some words of inspiration about where we find ourselves, and particularly for women who are in the middle, trying to maybe get over some fear, and make changes? Uh,
2: The biggest thing is to trust yourself. You just have to trust yourself and go for it, and sometimes that means reaching out to other people. You know, make sure you have a good support system, people that are there to cheer you on. We all need it. Loneliness is the number one killer in America. Don't let yourself be lonely, and the less, you know, the, the less that you rely on only yourself, the more abundance is going to come to you because you're giving part of yourself to other people by accepting what they give to you. Cool. Oh, so just cool. trusting yourself and reaching out when you need.
1: That is absolutely beautiful. I, I, as someone who lives alone, although my dog might be offended if I if <laughs> say that, um, it's hard. So it can be, it's real and it can be hard. And uh, thank God for technology in this community of Zoom, even though we mock it, it's been a saving grace for me. So Um, I'm glad that that is your um, advice to my community because I I wholeheartedly agree with that. Well, Angela, where can people find you on social or contact uh, you? How can they do that?
2: So our um, Instagram is nourishyoga and nourish is N-R-Y-S-H, just yoga. You can find us there. You can find us at nourish.org. And if you're in Phoenix and you want to come to a class, we are on the wellness living app.
1: Nice. Um, what
2: else do we have? Oh, so, uh, Facebook, we're just Nourish. Okay, awesome. A lot of people spell it wrong, but it's just yeah. a play on the word <laughs> nourish. One time we tried to make it stand for something. My husband was with me when I was first getting out of my nutrition certification. And we were like, what can Nourish stand for? It was like nutritional remedies you should have. And we just kept going. <laughs> and there was so many acronyms that we just decided to stick with. Just Nourish doesn't mean anything other than Nourish. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Nourish your mind, body, and soul. That's what you get when you Angela. I know the first time I took Angela's class, I just sobbed on the mat. So that was my, that was Angela's introduction to me, everybody. So there you go. I'll make sure to nice. contact, yeah I'll make sure to put all that contact information in the show notes. Um, I had planned to make it back to Phoenix both in March uh, before all this, and then I was planning to stop on my way driving to Chicago. But then if Phoenix was shut down at that point, even though California was fairly open. And I thought better just keep driving east. Uh, so one right. of the days I will make it back to Phoenix um, and visit you. And I can't wait until I do. Um, Until then, Angela, thanks so much for joining our show today and uh, I'll be back next week. You guys have a great week.